One, two, three, four. In this podcast, you will be here. Knights of Vader, Knights of Vader. Include, but it's not later. Talk of Star Wars, not Reagans. We can't truly prepare for the junk that follows this song. But hey, we give it a try. So here's the Knights of Vader. They are divided For equal sequel Hate and love they fight I know that we are just musicians hired And their time is up So here's the Knights of Vader Impressive Most impressive a big thank you to N Inspiriority Complex for providing our theme song. It is November 30th, 2022. My name is Zach Weber, and joining me today is the biggest fan of steak at the Rainforest Cafe, Chris. I was actually here to talk about the um, the uh, socially acceptable return of the greatest Christmas ornament of all time. Bobby Frick? Can you help us with this? What are you doing there, 3PO? Taking one last look, sir, at my friends. The Emperor's Wayfinder is in the Imperial Vault. At Delta 36, transient 936, bearing 32, on a moon in the Endor system, from the southern shore, only this blade tells. <laughs> That ornament is the Rise of Skywalker's greatest cultural contribution to the world. I, Anyways. I, as somebody who decorated their Christmas tree like four hours ago and put that exact ornament in and forgot how literally it replays the entire sequence, I don't disagree. <laughs> it almost makes me want to watch the movie, but then I think about it for five seconds longer. I, As somebody who watched the last 30 minutes today... Um, please do oh god babu frick are you excited for babu frick in the mandalorian season three we get a whole family of babus do you, do you think it's actually like his extended family or is it just the species six to one half dozen the other it <laughs> like, depends like do they all fix droids because then i would assume it's his family it, it's know. an entire species of droid smiths that makes sense <laughs> nothing but the best from uh, jj and chris terrio but no we are not here to talk about babu frick and uh do we know babu's species like, i would imagine that's in the visual dictionary for the rise of skywalker right like that has to be in there um but no but speaking of uh oh god failed experiments going wrong we are talking about the switcheroo of the bobs at the good old house of mouse yeah, you know, as you can imagine, Zach has lots of thoughts and opinions about this. I have, I have less so, but I brushed up on on uh, some of the the hot news, and um, it does seem to be like quite the intricate uh, tale of corporate nonsense. So I'm sort of interested to uh, to hear your take on everything. I am I am excited, folks. As a Disney nerd, as the the guy in college, in undergrad, my sophomore year, who sat there during what was it micro or macroeconomics read the giant like five inch thick Disney war. And people would tap me on the shoulder and be like, is that game of Thrones? And I'm like, no, it's about the corporate, like, Oh God, collapse of Disney in the late nineties, early two thousands by Michael Eisner. And Oh boy. 
Is it the things that happened to this company 30 plus years ago are we're still feeling the effects of to this day. There's a fantastic cinematics episode where Rob and I, well, in one of the few instances where I go off on more like rants than Rob, we discussed the document, I think a 2009 documentary, Waking Sleeping Beauty, that documents the, the period right before the Disney Renaissance up until the release of The Lion King. It just explains a lot of just the corporate politics that happened during, during, in Disney during that time. And the Disney War book picks up more or less where that novel, I'm sorry, that documentary ends. And what makes it so fascinating is that because when that book was written, I think in 2005, like the Bob Iger tenure of Disney was just beginning. Like this is obviously well before Marvel, Lucasfilm, even Pixar. And it's like, well, well, only time will tell the legacy of Robert Iger as CEO of the Walt Disney Company. And 17 years later, man, like, oh, God, like nobody could have predicted this that pretty much Iger specifically ended his tenure at Disney on the highest note possible 2019 between just countless billion dollar films, whether it be again, the rise of Skywalker Avengers Endgame, frozen Two, Lord help us all. Captain Marvel was a billion dollar film. The lot the, the dead behind the eyes, Lion King movie, like just countless billion dollar films that really, Oh God, like pandemic or not, will never happen again at least in the next 10 to 15 years and to see him come back like when this like news was breaking back during thanksgiving weekend again a lot of the star wars theme park people that i follow on social media were cheering this and i'm so glad that now that like we're roughly a week removed from that i'm just like and now people are cooling off and it's like nothing like outside of the theme parks not being severely neglected nothing good is going to come of this it's it's really as if nothing is going to change i sent chris some required reading videos and a lot of this feels nefarious the more you dig into it it feels as if there is a like three mile island level like incident that happened during the end of of kind of the mid to end of november of this year at the walt disney company and and that's their weird Oh God, would you even call it fire extinguisher, Bob Iger, even though he's the person that kind of caused this very passively to, for the company to kind of low key implode. It, it's, there's so much to unpack here, but Chris, obviously I am a nerd with a capital N in regards to the inner machinations of the Walt Disney company as a relative layman to all this. What is your take on it? At least in a nutshell. I think the abruptness and the lack of, public face and communication around JPEG's exit means that like something shady was definitely going on, but I don't know if I buy into the level of conspiracy theories that Zach was pushing on me before this recording. I think it's more to do with just general displeasure with the stock price and like, uh, but it's just, I think maybe JPEG had, you know, it's all speculation until, uh, you know, five minutes uh, before this recording gets posted. But, but, uh, you know, I think maybe he was, maybe he just had something that going on that uh, would have been a bad news story, but isn't insanely nefarious. And they had to get him out because of that. And that should be breaking anytime now, if that's real. And uh, I think that combined with like the value being pretty much as low as recent memory required a shakeup 
but I don't think it's much more than that. Maybe Iger knows what he's doing, but um, ideologically, he's not my guy. I'll tell you that. Well, that's the thing, though, is, yes, the, the videos I sent Chris do get into the weeds of conspiracy. Like, that's what it is. Um, to all of you at home, do you know what ESG is? Do, <laughs> do you guys know what an ESG rating is for a corporation? Um, as soon as I heard that, like my brain, like the, the oh God, talk radio part of my brain just started to like, oh God, the endorphins were firing. I'm just like, yes. Well, yeah, yes, I mean, that was all connected. I mean, the biggest, the biggest Disney story during Chapex's uh, uh, 11 month tenure was uh, local residents of Florida not being happy with certain uh, Disney policies and sort of changing the status of Disney's land or something, right? Like that's the only thing I that's, remember about Chapek's oh whole God. tenure. But that's the thing, though, is that like, and we talked about it a little bit, like in the, probably earlier this year with Chapek. Chapek's entire like, oh God, his legacy—you can't even really point to his legacy. Like prior to him, Ron Miller, who is Walt Disney's son-in-law had the shortest tenure CEO, like as an actual CEO, not someone that was put in like after Walt died. And even Ron Miller, you can kind of point to a handful of things and say, okay, the guy tried and he kind of just had to be, he was thrown overboard in the early eighties is because corp uh, Wall Street wanted a head on a platter. Bob Chapek really, you can't point to anything he did other than just cut costs wherever he could, which is, which was his mantra running the parks before he became CEO. He was, oh guy, everybody hated him as a, a uh, the Disney parks and resorts CEO, or I'm sorry, um, head. And with this, his big thing was he, he believed that every decision that went through the studios or the subsidiaries of the studios, again, your Lucasfilm, your Marvel, your animation, your Pixar had to go through one specific channel to get approval so let's, again, I, I, the argument that was made earlier this year was if there's no marketing interest behind something or if it doesn't test well as a concept, it's getting shut down. They're not devoting money to it. So to pick up a, a perfect example, uh, another Mars Needs Moms, John Carter-esque bomb, Strange World. Strange World? I, don't even, I, saw, I actually saw that movie, I'm not kidding, last night. And I can't tell you the title of the movie. That is how I actually fell asleep during the movie. It is a painfully dry movie. And the thing is, is that movies like that would not get made because they would not test well as a concept. And if you were reading the headlines Monday, Tuesday of this week, the first thing Bob Iger did was basically dissolve that specific division of the company and fire all those people. All the executives that JPEG created for that specific created division of the company, that was Bob Iger's first thing he did. That's And that's telling for many reasons. And these were the... This these this new I don't even want to call it a division, but like filter that was putting on the executives of these branches, they were not happy because basically if oh god I I forget, I forget the current heads of Pixar uh, oh god what's this oh god not Leonkridge it's not Leonkridge Pete Doctor and I forget the it's a woman I don't remember her name I want to say Jennifer Lee but I could be wrong something like like oh god Strange World would not get through. It just wouldn't get through. The idea of doing a Buzz Lightyear origin film that is so divorced from Buzz Lightyear lore would not get through because you'd have to pitch the idea of like, this is the movie that Andy saw. Well, what does it have to do with Buzz Lightyear lore? It really doesn't have anything to do with it other than you're just borrowing the name. 
things like this would be getting shut down to save money. Um, I would, if I had to guess, I have nothing to base this off of. I imagine the the cheapness of Kenobi is was probably a Bob Chapek thing, um, because I know that show's budget wasn't greenlit until I think sometime in like early 2021. So I have to presume that that was part of his cost cutting measures. Whereas, as much as I am not thrilled with Andor, the money's at least on the screen there. But at the same time, too, is that Iger likes spending a lot of money. That is the reason why there's so much debt on Disney's shoulders right now. He spent too much on Fox just simply to deprive most likely Comcast of it. And it's, it's, it's a very weird position. This is a company that really doesn't have any laurels at the current time. Black Panther 2 is underperforming. There are no new Star Wars movies on the horizon. Disney Plus is kind of a, a bottomless pit for, for just budgets. And in Indiana Jones 5, they're doing everything within their power to kind of just hide that film outside. I think what just now, like what, like a couple of weeks ago, we got the Empire story and they're not telling us anything about it outside of time travel and Nazis, which is like, <laughs> like just internet buzzwords at this point. Like it doesn't tell you anything. Yeah. Um, well, there was a I, Kathleen Kennedy gave an interview uh, recently, I believe it was recent, saying like what she thought was wrong with Crystal Skull, which was just like, oh geez, this that's a good way to hype Indy Five. Like, <laughs> I don't know, I, I, but the, I mean, there's semi credible rumors that we could be like within a day or two of a trailer. Well, yeah, they have they have to put something. They have to put some part of the marketing in front of Avatar too. Like, you don't have a film that's like going to, oh God, have an opening weekend somewhere in 170 million and not put your tent pole for, for next, the following summer in front of it. You just can't. But I think they're going to sit there. Again, I think it's going to be very similar to like the Crystal Skull teasers where it's just the music and the silhouette smash cut title and that's it. Like, I think they're going to they're gonna hide that film as long as they can because I think they know it's it's a DOA franchise. No, again, for the same reason why nobody wants to see young han solo no one wants to see geriatric indiana jones like that's i want to see oh hey i want to see geriatric indiana jones but i want it written and directed by geriatric lucas and geriatric spielberg that's (laughs) what i'm like and it's exactly that's not what this is going to be this is like a fast and furious director it's uh oh god (laughs) james mangold it's it's logan it's okay tolerable generic films okay. I, no, I, I don't disagree with you i do not like logan i think logan uh, thematically is a nightmare but it, it's the idea they're also gonna lean on the ultron indiana jones thing like that's what the movie's going to be with uh l337 uh, is his uh co-pilot i mean uh cohort yeah it's gonna be painful and it um, is. no one's going to like it. it's it's gonna be one of those things where it's gonna be Oh, it's going to be what the Rise of Skywalker was, The Last Jedi. It's going to be, oh, God, at least one had imagination. It's going to do that. It's, it, no one's going to be happy with it. It's going to be one of those things where it's, it'll make some money, but like I think it's going to make Crystal Skull look really, really good. It, it's going to be one of those things where it's like, oh, wow, maybe we misjudged all this. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, on paper, Crystal Skull is amazing. It's just when Mutt started swinging like Tarzan, that was the, that's my biggest problem with it. And the fact that Spielberg 
didn't want to leave the U.S. because of his family or whatnot. So, like, they faked South America, like, on sound stages, and it's very obvious that that's what they did. So, like, you know, it does have a sort of claustrophobic theme park ride look to the jungle scenes. Oh, yeah. yeah, and, like, when, you know, Andy, like, falls behind literally, like, one shrub, and then he's, like, in a sand pit with snakes, and you can just tell that it's, like, a really small set, and, like, it just... There's lots of weird visual stuff in it, aside from... but. But I mean, I don't know, from a production design standpoint, like I don't I almost doubt we're going to we're going to get because like they have him like his current time as like an 80 year old man is like the late 60s, I guess. So like they're not they're not I I think there's going to be a lot more relying on like actual extant exterior sets that they slightly window dress versus like rebuilding a a town from scratch like they would have done. Sure. (laughs) You know, but, so uh, I, I have to ask, what are they gonna do to Mutt? Is Mutt gonna be some other like picture frame on the desk that he like picks up and smiles at and puts it back down? Well, that's a, that's that's a funny comparison because one is like he's a great character, but it's too much of a can of worms to bring back Indy's dad when Indy is seventy years old. And then, <laughs> even though he was like alive and probably would have done it at the time, they filmed Crystal Skull. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. They're they they're. They're not gonna retcon Crystal Skull, so I, I'm guessing we're we're gonna get like a letter, maybe. Oh, is that what it is? Maybe something like that, where you don't even have to show them. <laughs> I don't know, but they're doing. Because remember, like I know they reshot like again, like, they did another like Rogue One level reshoot on this movie, but like the rumor was that like Indiana Jones like wipes himself out from like existence. Like that was the, the supposed ending of this before they reshot the entire movie was he gets wiped out from existence and Phoebe Waller bridges the new Indiana Jones. That was the original ending. Wow, that would have made so many people happy. <laughs> but that's what but that's you what know, I mean though. But and that, that was a, but but to bring this back to the topic of Bob versus Bob, this was a like I don't know if Chapek physically got involved with this, but that film being delayed by over a year and being forced to undergo heavy reshoots was during his tenure. So we don't, like I said, a lot of the conjecture going around too is that he like poked the bear of Kathleen Kennedy and he's the one who put the moratorium on no new film announcements for, for Lucasfilm. Okay. Um, a lot to unpack there, Chris. A lot to unpack. Yeah, there is a lot. But before we move on, I have to point out that it'd be funny if Indiana Jones erased himself from existence because then Raiders would play out the exact same. I know, I know. The internet's trying to be cute. Oh, that's so great. Um yeah uh, but uh you know, but but i don't i don't know like if if chapex actually responsible for changing that plot point of indiana jones 5 then i'll be forever in his debt but well that's the thing that we'll never know like it's get think about it. we're how many what how many years removed from rogue one and we still don't know what the original incarnation of that movie was like that still is never leaked like think about it. we know what the colin trevorrow version of episode 9 would have kind of looked like we still don't know what the original shooting script of Rogue One was. Nobody has leaked that in what six years now. There's a lot of different stuff in the trailers, but I don't think, as far as action set pieces and where the movie ended up, it was that wildly different. Because like a lot of the deleted stuff you you see floating around is on Scara for the movie ended, anyways. Like if 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 Krennic survives or dies, it doesn't matter because he's not never referenced again either way because A New Hope is in five minutes. So it's like it doesn't that, really matter who lives or dies. But it's just the idea that like something like that has not like if somebody had your like if you were oh god, 
I don't even know, Disney employee, Lucasfilm employee, whatever. And you had access to that and you were able to, for whatever reason, have a burner Reddit account, VPN, like ironclad. It's just weird to think that's something that someone wouldn't leak just for clicks if they had the access to it. It's just, this is a company. Remember, even from Rise of Skywalker, there's, there's an entire deleted sequence of Kylo Ren talking to a giant like spider on a baby's head. That's what I was going to say. I've never seen that. That is probably more interesting than anything from Rogue One, to be honest. I it's it's the idea that they've smothered it. It's I think about it, like I was even oh god who was I explaining the holiday special to recently, and I'm just like <laughs> Lucas like Disney Lucasfilm is merchandising this thing that you that literally had only aired once in 1978. They are merchandising something that you cannot legitimately watch. But That's well, insane. but th- it is, and I watched a video of like. So, you know, those, those knuckleheads who like their whole YouTube channel is just, we go to Disneyland. Like there's so many of these people and it's just like, you're, you're cancer on the earth, but either way, I watched their video of them loitering in galaxy's edge for the entire like anniversary of the holiday special. And like, there were people there like organizing events. They were selling like these red, like life day robes and stuff. Mm -hmm. And like, First of all, Chewbacca was out, but they he they didn't make him wear a robe, which is like first of all, f- like fire whoever made that decision. Because if Chewbacca had a red robe on, that would have been like pretty amazing. But I but you know I I everybody keeps honing in on the fact that they didn't put it on Disney Plus. But they're also like like they know that it's uploaded forty to separate ways on YouTube. Like they know because they copyright claim any, they would copyright claim any other hour and a half Disney owned video on YouTube. They don't mind that it's up there. They, they don't want to put it on Disney plus, but they know it's accessible at a like moment's notice to anyone on earth. So I don't think it's that crazy. No, but it's okay. I, I get it. Like they, they're able to, it's able to get exposure without them having to take any hits. Like I get that. It's clever. But the notion again stands. They are merchandising something that is not authorized by the company. It's like them selling Song of the South merchandise and being like, "We can't release this movie." It's like, well, it's imagine com- buying a brer a brer rabbit or an Uncle Remus like like plush. It, it, it's bonkers when you it's boil because, it down. It's because even the scene of Chewbacca's dad watching Diane Carroll with VR goggles is is to them much less problematic than song of the south like there's oh, no, nothing absolutely absolutely <laughs> i don't dis- i don't i don't disagree with that it, it's just funny to think that like this is something that only aired once once and f- oh god almost 50 years later they're merchandising it for the first time i guess even lucas for- wasn't that audacious but it's also more accessible than it's ever been like i remember when i first found out about the holiday special and like and you know tolerate this guys it, the anniversary was like a couple weeks ago like just ch- chill but like <laughs> you know what is it 43 or 44 i forget but uh it's not 44. one that we should be celebrating yeah it's next one is it going to be a big deal again but um but but it's like I found out about it in like maybe 2006 and like yep, I had same, like same. you couldn't you couldn't just YouTube it it was like you might find a tiny piece of it on YouTube but like I think I had to use like like a genuine like peer-to-peer like torrent thing to find it like I actually Google had to put in wire Chris had to download the old line wire yeah machine. I had to put a slight amount of work in to get it rather than just think it and now you can watch it like like Siri will bring it up for you now <laughs> 
Like I said, you're, I 100% agree with your point. It's just, I find it mind boggling that, that it's, they're merchandising something that like, but like, I, again, it goes back to the whole thesis of everything has to be signed off by a committee. How do you focus group something that like no one's allowed to watch? Like, can you imagine them just like showing this to a room full of mommy bloggers being like, here's Chewbacca. He's wearing some curtain drapes and he has a little crystal ball. The mommy bloggers like, oh, what movie is this from? And like whoever, like the executive that's running is just like, they're like, I, what? Are you trying to say something? No, shh. Just, 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 just swipe your credit card. Swipe your credit card, have Chewbacca and his family walk around with the curtain drapes. I'm willing to bet, and I'm I haven't I'm not checking this. I'm gonna make the claim without checking it. If you just Google the Star Wars holiday special, I'm confident that within the first ten results will be an article on the official Star Wars site about it. All right, I'm I'm, I'm gonna sit there, put that to the test in real time, because let me see. That's that's like again, it's not it's not this obscure thing as it was back in 2006. But it's still the idea, though, is that like, does anybody who's aware of the holiday special actually watch it from from start to finish? I mean, there's like there's those. I mean, I have watched it from start to finish, probably uh, like less than 10 times, more than five. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Okay, I'm going through articles four, five, one, no whammy, no whammy, seven, seven. Eight, nine, ten. No, top ten. The most legitimate article is from Esquire, from Jeez. December 2019. That states or titled "Why the Star Wars Holiday Special Isn't Isn't on Disney Plus." Wow, and I bet Disney doesn't even like Esquire and may not even own them. No, they're mad at Esquire because didn't Esquire do the thing with like Amy Schumer, like her like like doing weird like provocative things? There you go. Yeah. Okay. So, wow. I was wrong, but I, there's definitely, there definitely is some article on the, just well, I don't doubt it. it. Like, cause it's like life day, life day alone's on it. But life I do on starworth.com. <laughs> yeah. Well, and life day is also classically mentioned in the Mandalorian, but I do remember when, uh, when I was at uh celebration Chicago, there was a, a panel on the collecting track about like, props and costumes and products from the holiday special and they made a strong point of mentioning that it's definitely not the first time a holiday special theme panel was pitched at a celebration but it was the first time it was approved and that was 2019 yeah yeah i I literally like i'm now on the fourth page of google search results i have not found a single starwars.com article about it Again, like there's Rolling Stone. Okay, well you think Insider. at least you think at least the Shop Disney links for like the the Life Day robes would have showed up uh, somewhere on there. Nope. But tragic. Like that, but I think that's how they're getting around this is that they're not calling it Star Wars Holiday Special. It's Life Day. That's that's the thing. They're not marketing this as holiday special merchandise. They're marketing it as Life Day, and they're trying to weirdly like detach Life Day from well, the holiday. That's special. yeah. That's not new. Like I mean, you probably remember there. I think it's um like. 30th anniversary collection had like the holiday special Boba Fett figure oh, yeah. and and he's labeled as animated debut. That's some <laughs> that's some ag- aggressive tap dancing to not mention the holiday special. <laughs> animated oh. debut. Anim- from what? Yeah. Anim- <laughs> oh my god. It, it it's insane. 
Um, I guess we should be happy that like much like how Guardians of the Galaxy got a holiday special. I'm surprised. I'm again. I think we made this prediction a couple of years ago. I'm just surprised they haven't tried to like do another Star Wars holiday special. Like I, 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 I not even call it that, but just call it like Star Wars Life Day Extravaganza. I know it doesn't count, but the Lego one did actually have Chewbacca's whole family, and a step further it used like the sound library of his family. So like somebody had to do like a little bit of work to make that like Chewbacca family sound library. And just cause I have it handy. Like this was another, this was a recent holiday special product product from like a year or two ago that I was pretty jazzed about like the, the golden book. Oh yeah. Yeah. Version of the cartoon. Insane. That, that's insane that that exists. The yeah. fact that somebody in licensing signed off on that, insane yeah and it's you know it's still on amazon for like seven bucks like it's it's a good gag holiday gift out there so you should you know buy it for your adult friends yeah it belongs to the museum chris um but they even made what the hot toys boba fett like uh figure as well like that was like it was a easter egg boba fett yeah and you know it's kind of on sale by hasbro now because it's the same look as the droids figure it's a little different like it's not i mean not really it's it's okay in the, sh- in the show say, it's not different really i know but like they're, they're, it's like okay the gun alone it not being included with the new toy release is, is a deal breaker as yeah. somebody who owns the six inch version it, it is not the fact that it doesn't have like the the rifle is a deal breaker yeah just give him joe mandalinian's rifle i that's still not no because joe mandalinian's is like a rifle but with like a pitchfork at the end it's, the yeah. one that he uses in the cartoon is like a y with like a trigger spray painted orange is close enough no like i said that's something too that made me mad about the stupid mandalinian like they even ripped that off it's like can we please let the authentic things have their one claim to fame like, there's a there's a behind the scenes video of like Fa- i forget if it's favreau or filoni showing the, the pitchfork gun to lucas and they're like <laughs> no, and, and, and like one of those one of those like behind the magic things literally has them bring it over to him he's like you know what that is right lucas says yes i'm 100 percent convinced he has no clue what it's a reference to like lucas doesn't like being like like people flexing that they know more about star wars than him but like he just he just instinctively says he knows what it is but like i don't think he had any idea what it was in that moment i don't know like like I, I disagree with you because I imagine like as of what summer 2012 of, of, of him owning Lucasfilm, there was only what maybe a handful of things that came out with the logo on it that he did not have at least expressed approval over every aspect of it, even if it was done like through like oh god delegation to other parties. I don't know. That, I think that I must think, stick in his crawl. It must. I, and that's why he, like, that's why he probably, again, why he always like would reference it occasionally. Cause I think it drove him nuts. That was one of the very few things that slipped through his grasp. I don't think, I don't think Lucas like has a very, like, I think it, it would be like unfathomable to be in his mind as in far as how he like looks at Star Wars. Cause I don't oh, think no, he, 100% I, agree. Cause like, I don't think he, looks he, i think it's all thematic as far as he's concerned like he doesn't gl- glom on to like vis- specific visuals or like the details of objects or like character names or planets or anything like i, our, like, I think i think the special editions and the never-ending changes to that s- prove contrary i don't know i think what I'll, what, what I'll never uh, like there's a there's a seth uh mcfarlane interview with him where like where Seth MacFarlane, it's it's for one of those Blue Harvest like Family Guy specials, and like Seth asks him like, 
he i'm gonna whistle a star some john williams music and you tell me what part of the movie it's from lucas (laughs) he just could he just could not do it and he was doing a good seth was doing a good job of whistling like lucas had no idea like he thought something from empire strikes back was from the prequels like it's just i don't think i don't i don't know i don't think he remembers it like i think he just knows the core themes and like just sort of looks at it in a nebulous like fluid way like i I don't do we need to play the clip of him saying during the stupid boba fett documentary so there was a holler special Like yeah, was- like, but how about this? When do you think the last time he even saw that was? <laughs> do you think he ever even watched it after the one he time? Had to, he, I don't know. Like he, like the thing about Luke is like we all like laugh at him at like being this goober that eats like mall food, but like I also could see him in like 1978 before it airs, like getting like 40 minutes, like I don't know, maybe like 30 minutes into it and being like. Like, no, like looking, like probably calling every single lawyer on like his payroll and being like, how do we stop this? And then being like, we can't like you signed a piece of paperwork. If you refuse to air it, they can sue you. Like you would owe them more money. Just take the hit for the 90 minutes, lick your wounds and move on and just smother it. Like I would have, he must've tried that. I've heard firsthand accounts of people who were in the target age demographic when it aired, who literally remember putting it on the calendar and watching it. And they were not disappointed because they were seven years old. So like, I, that's, I think, you know, that's the reason why people st- still showed up. Uh, but also, but like, it also, beca- but this is the thing that drives me nuts about Disney is that like you said in 2006, again, you and I aren't too much different in age. The idea of this thing was like this weird cultural relic. Like it was like, it was a litmus test if you were a true fan. Like everybody, oh, you can always make these things like, oh, did you know that like on the DVD for Revenge of the Sith, there's an Easter egg where like Yoda does like a break dance during Order 66. It's like, yeah, whatever. Like if you went onto MySpace, you would find someone like flexing that knowledge. But like to sit through the holiday special, like to this day as a Star Wars fan is a, like a level of endurance that most fans, like that's how you weed out your like, carpet baggers like if you've sat through the holiday special more than once clearly you're endeared to it in some fashion even if it's like self-torture i'm starting to think even though they're on disney plus that the droids cartoon is actually harder for people to watch than the holiday special for some reason like there's stuff concentrated there's like there's stuff in there that like nobody ever references like the holiday special like everybody knows at least the segments like like the droids cartoon came out in eight in 85 there's a region of space described in the cartoon a place that they go called the cloak of sith the first verbal mention of the word sith like in star wars basically and like you know there's just a lot of weird stuff in there like ig88 like having conversations for one which is just like like very off-putting and like it, it it's on paper it's it's actually has action and it's nowhere near as boring as the holiday special and it's on disney plus i think the only and it's cleaned up yeah you know what though like i think that's true though because the only like star wars media visual media that i haven't watched and like you're talking about like i've i've basically finished every star wars video game that's ever been made like ever been made like it's like 30 games at least including bomb bad racer yeah like every everything that has any crumb of like worthwhile narrative content so not including bomb bad racers but like but like i haven't sat through all the ewoks cartoon episodes like 
I I tried. I got through like three. There's like 20 or something. But I think I, I again <laughs> I get your point. And I again I don't disagree. But like I think the problem with the animation like stuff from the 80s was that it's a it's just diluting the franchise and it's just kitty fodder. Again, it's it's Star Wars attempt at trying to do what Transformers did, like just a, a glorified commercial for 30 minutes. Whereas I think the holiday special is so like inexplicable and it's in such poor quality. And then, like I said, and you have to go looking for it. It's, it's very grindhouse. Like it's something that like you have to like, again, prior to yeah. t- in the last 10 years, you had to go search it out. Dude, and there's versions of it now. Like I was actually looking, I was looking for one like ar- around the anniversary day just to like see what was, see what the, what the latest, like best version is. And like, there are like, there are people like upscaling it now. They find the cleanest one and they do like an AI upscale. It like is so much more like visually watchable than it was when I first found it. It's crazy. Well, again, I remember this was like 2014. I think Red Letter Media did like a two part like round table. It wasn't a blanket review of the holiday special. And the thing, like, like a question that they, they asked, and I have to go back and rewatch it, even though it's been like eight years since they filmed it, because like it was very provocative in the questions they were asking. They're saying like, think about how TV programs were distributed back during that time period. There had to be not masters, but there had to be all these different copies sent to what, Chris, you're a broadcast expert, sent to the local networks when it was because what it played on CBS, right? Yeah, um, but yeah, but like you'd th- you'd think if that was the case, you'd think one or two would have leaked by now. But, but that's but that's a th- that's what they asked. They said, "How is it possible there were that many copies of this thing struck? You would have to assume at least a dozen." And this is before again, Star Wars was insanely popular. But this is not the world we live in today, where like if one went missing, Lucasfilm slash Disney would just drop the hammer on you. Like it, that's the thing. Like there must be copies of this circulating. That are just everybody knows what they have, and they just it, it's it's like stolen art. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, like it's 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 seen in private yeah. collections and by appointment, but it, it's never the people who have it cherish it as this weird sort of antiquity. Well, the thing is, it's like even like I'm not enough of a broadcasting expert to know like what format a master would have even been in at that time, like. It wouldn't have been a VHS tape. It would be something better than that. But I don't. Yeah. Know. But I don't know. even but even yeah. take the uh, the story of Carrie Fisher saying like, oh, like like uh, Lucas asked her to do something, and her request was she wanted like like an original copy of the holiday special. Like, what form of media is that on? Like when Luke, like we don't know what era that was given to her. So like you would have to assume it's some form of consumer grade media. Like and you wonder maybe one of those rip one of like the rips from the mid two thousands came from the Carrie Fisher videotape. Honestly, I think there's like, I, I, like and maybe if I can find the link, I'll uh, I'll put it in the Knights of Vader Facebook group. Go ahead and join over there if you haven't already. We've got a lot of new Smash members like of the button. last. We had new a lot of new members of the last couple of weeks. Uh, I'm gonna post an HD holiday special link in there, and that's gonna get enjoy the, everybody the people excited. Enjoy. Yeah, but no, but like. You know, I was the one I was looking at, like it it wasn't simply the result of like an AI upscale on like a terrible copy, like because like that keeps all the grain and the distortion and everything. So like there's been some good ones found for sure. And then you add 
Because, like, you know, the upscaling can increase sharpness, but it can't add detail that's not there. And I don't know. There's, there's, do we basically... know how the holiday special was filmed? There's was it 30 millimeter or 16? Yeah, I don't know the answer to that. But even if it was 16, the, the, like, they're, like, that's enough to have, like, like, you know, like a 2K resolution that's version I mean. of like, it. Yeah. It's in better quality than Attack of the Clones. It's oh it's, god, about the same, but yeah. It's insane to think that at the end of the day, if they were ever release a 4K like authorized remaster of the holiday special, it would be on par with the Star Wars prequels in quality. Yeah, that's disturbing. Yeah, you know, we we've we've come a long way far afield of the uh the 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 battle of the bobs. I think but- I think the point we're getting at, Chris, is that Bob Chapek was gonna try to release the holiday special, like uncut, like in 4K resolution, and then That's the board directors were like, get him out, get him out, get him out. Like literally, they like they hired the real life predator to go hunt him down. <laughs> I heard What's, they like I heard they like got the long cane out and literally like pulled him off stage of an Elton John concert that like practically that's it's weird because in a lot of the coverage I was reading, watching, listening to about this, is that like anytime you have a high level executive leave or just be outright fired, they're able to say some level of goodbye, usually through like an in, in, in company email. And with this, again, it's been less than a week. But he like it's an ironclad non-disclosure agreement that he's clearly signed and he's going to get his full severance like he's not being fired with any due cause. So like I imagine like forget about golden parachute. It's like platinum parachute. It's it's the dudes going to sit there, have more money than you could mentally comprehend. All right, well. I guess I guess for for uh, for our listeners, it's like, what do you think it means for Star Wars that Bob Iger is back? We're gonna have a bunch of stuff to throw at the wall, hoping. Like, I, I don't know. Like, Bob Iger never knew how to handle Star Wars. But was he not? Wasn't he not gone long enough for us to even like know what Bob Chapek would do with Star Bob, Wars? I in my my conjecture on that is Bob Chapek Star Wars is Kenobi. It's cheap, just like Dollar Tree Star Wars, just. I don't care. Let's have it make money. What happens, happens. I think that is Bob Chapek Star Wars. Say what you will about the sequel trilogy. The money was on the screen. Okay. Well, I, you know, Book of Boba Fett and Obi-Wan are definitely the worst Star Wars things that Disney has. I like Book of Boba Fett. Like as time goes on, I kind of like Book of Boba Fett. It's goofy. It has Black Kersan, who's like low key the greatest Star Wars character that ever exists in physical media because he is a legit sa- like like oh god like punk rock Sasquatch just running around with like a rifle that is probably taller than most characters we've ever seen in Star Wars. He no, I cannot forsake Book of Boba Fett solely for Black Kersan. Okay, but can, but doesn't it like doesn't it feel like it's done by the same team as Obi Wan almost like it's the sure no. maybe Book maybe Bo- you think the scripts are more fun but like the sets and like the action direction are equally garbage in both i disagree at no point like book of Boba Fett was goofy but it also had that like robert rodriguez flair where i'm just like oh look this is the same guy who did like spy kids 3d game over like there's a charm to it in my opinion obi-wan kenobi was sold as rematch of the century and it was embarrassing you know like, what the real genuinely re- embarrassing. You know what the real rematch of the century was? Boba Fett versus the Sarlacc Pit. <laughs> that was a better rematch than Obi Wan versus Vader. Okay, okay. 
this is one of those moments again. Like I remember arguing with Force Ghost Jim, being like I, during one of our many Attack of the Clones retrospectives, um, and being like, "How can anybody who grew up in 1977 and heard Al Guinness say or talk about the Clone Wars, and then in 2002 you see this massive battle happening? Like, how can you not at least you might like it, but how do you not just be like, wow, we're finally seeing this? Watching." Boba Fett literally throw a seismic charge down the Sarlacc and hearing it <laughs> like how do you not like that it's so like I don't I like it you're a monster like I don't like it because well, maybe you know, revoke your surrogate status while it, not around it caused that meme where everyone's like now Lando is the strongest character in the Star Wars saga because <laughs> the slave one couldn't escape the Sarlacc pit, but Lando Lando managed to pull himself free. To be fair, Han did shoot the, like tendrils. Like <laughs> maybe he should have shot with a laser bolt first, then he could have escaped it. Yeah. But that's why I mean, but like, this is the thing that makes, this is what I don't understand about like people. I think people, again, this is again, going back to philosophical Star Wars is that, Star Wars is meant to be pulpy. Like it's the idea when Lucas had these ideas back in like the late sixties, early seventies, it was, what if I made a space fantasy film and took out all the boring parts? That's what Star Wars was always supposed to be. And then like, yes, it morphed over time into like, you get like things like the Phantom Menace and the, the weird moments of attack of the clones. So like, I get it. Star Wars metamorphized with George Lucas's aging and just mind changing. Like we all do. But like when Star Wars is campy, I have no problem with that. Like, I don't mind campy. What I mind is like, and it's weird how Chris is the one who highlighted this for me. The Obi, what was it? Episode three of Kenobi, where like he literally like is confronted by Vader and he just ducks behind like a pile of rubble. That's like four feet high. Like it's, it's not embarrassing. Even, it's not even that he ducked behind the pile of rubble. It's like he exited the frame. Therefore, he <laughs> ran away. Like it's not even like it's it's like the audience is the arbiter of the environment. Like mm -hmm. he walked out of the frame. Therefore, we don't know where he went, even though it's basically a flat field with like six foot high piles of gravel. Yes, it's the equivalent to playing uh, peekaboo with a child it, it's exactly that and the audience is the child and anyone who likes kenobi is a child yes and even again what, what was that episode four where they go to uh planet inquisitorius and they legit have obi-wan in a giant trench coat with leia walking beside him <laughs> it's just like i blocked that it's out of my brain you just said it it is embarrassing and um uh, I will take steak at the Rainforest Cafe any day over that. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, I will say, okay, this is where I'm conflicted. I'm a bad person in that, like, even though there's nothing wrong with steak at the Rainforest Cafe and Kenobi's the equivalent of, like, frozen mozzarella sticks being served to you, at the end of the day, I, at least, I the Donuts. bars, what? 3 a.m. donuts like it's 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 a disaster and 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 like listen like andor tonally is not is not ripping the beats from the original trilogy but it's like the first time i haven't been like embarrassed to be like i still watch this stuff since disney took over oh absolutely not okay you also run different circles than me like i'm the someone that's also again not much has changed in three months but i still defend the rise of skywalker every chance i can so I, I better guess than I, Kenobi. Everything is better than Kenobi. Is okay, Chris. Here's a million dollar question. Which is more objectively better? Kenobi or the holiday special? Which is objectively better? 
as content. I mean, one of them has Harrison Ford as Han Solo. <laughs> Fair enough. But one of them has, um, oh God, who's the guy you hate who's the pilot? Or no, the rebel leader. Broken, but I don't Broken. know. I forget who plays him. I never Broken. remember. Oh, Broken. Yeah. You know, who like, the five-year-old girl is smarter than that guy. What do you think Broken, what do you think happened to, like, will you, I, will you think we're going to see Broken in Andor season two? No, Roken doesn't. <laughs> Roken doesn't exist in the Tony Gilroy verse. <laughs> He's not canon. Yeah. So okay, but, here's my thing. Okay, so like we have to wonder now that like Ant- what Andor season two is filming as we speak, uh, it is now a Bob Chapek less company it is a Bob Iger company. So you one would have to like look at like budgets are locked in. And considering that the company's in the midst of a hiring freeze, that the stock price is below $100 a share, I can't imagine Bob Iger's going to be redirecting funds to the budget. What sort of like just production quality decrease are we going to see between Andor season one and season two? It, it actually, I think that as long as the Gilroy boys are still in charge, it's not going to, it's not going to ruin it. You don't because think they're going to sit there have the, what was it the, the volume shoved down their throats? It's the thing is like I think the volume is like it's a distraction, you know. Like it's not sure sure the environments wouldn't look as real, and like you know for example, Roken's ship and Kenobi, which is literally like a cardboard box, and like there's no controls, and somehow a sh- like there's a ship that drops out of the middle of it, even though we were just looking at that room a scene earlier, uh, like. Is it, it's a you know the the Roken's ship is the volume like it's it's just nebulous and has no walls and like it's like Doctor Who's like TARDIS or something like it makes no sense <laughs> it makes no sense it really at all. is it really is yeah but break it down yeah like there's no there's no cockpit or anything but um but uh, like the just if you can like the difference between Kenobi and Andor is visible in the scripts without volume or not. Oh yeah, no. Again, I'm not gonna. Again, I don't like either of them, but I I will I will go back and rewatch Kenobi before I ever rewatch Andor. There's nothing to gain from rewatching Andor right now. Well, I don't know about that. I'm I'm probably gonna do it, but I haven't yet. It's been one time each for so far for me. Actually, well, I might have rewatched one, two, three before four came out. Like again, but but it's like, listen, I. I was so hard on the train of they've haven't done anything right so far. And I don't even want to admit that they have done anything right so far, but I think this is good. I like, I genuinely think it's good. It's crazy. So you, so in your opinion, this is obviously the best Disney plus thing they've done. I would put it on par with like the 25 minutes uh, that are cut out of all three sequel trilogy movies that I like. Yeah. Like as far as like, <laughs> quality star wars content that, there's probably okay, 25 better, minutes out of but all you also three like mandalorian, movies but you like mandalorian season one right yeah i think this is like i would i would i prefer this to mandalorian season one but mm-hmm. mandalorian season one is fine i i guess it, I, I again it, it's not as ins- where i would say is like i don't like mandalorian season one for the many many reasons that were discussed three except, years ago except chapter two of course yeah Chapter two, that's the only one I liked. With chapter go. two, yeah, that's what I'm, I remember. It's good. Chapter that. one, chapter three were the nightmare. Chapter three is a legit nightmare. Of Mandalorian season one, that is a nightmare. 
just an army of not Boba Fett that's running around, which is going to be the entire season three of the man. Ironically, episode three of season one was an army of Boba Fett's. Season three of the Mandalorian is going to be an entire planet of not Boba Fett. You know what I mean? Around. Like, like I'm genuinely not excited for like Ahsoka or Mandalorian season three. Like I'm not right right now. I'm like, oh, great. Like literally Tales of the Jedi made me mad at Ahsoka. Like I don't want any more Ahsoka content. You don't want space Jesus? I don't want any more space Ahsoka Jesus. I'm over it. Rosario Dawson has been negatively impacted by space baby Jesus Tales of the Jedi episode. I don't care about it anymore because of that. It bothers me. And Filoni's flying too close to the sun. He's got the hubris is out, out of control. Like this character is not important to the Star Wars saga. And he needs to like stop getting crazy with this. But it's, it's his surrogate character. It's wrong. And it's messing up the scales of the whole universe. It's just it's just it's it's just not good. I don't like it. I, I again, I, it depends on what they do with season three of the Mandalorian. Like, if if they do lean into the notion of like, okay, Thrawn is our big bad of all this. It depends. We could actually get the Thrawn we've wanted to see for thirty plus years. Like, if that's the end game of all this, then again, it depends on the execution. Because again, what they still have not told us who they've cast as Thrawn. And we know just floating around. I just don't like if Ahsoka's involved, it's like, first of all, the post credit scene at the end of Andor is nothing. And the it's fact hilarious. that it's, it's literally garbage. And the fact that it, <laughs> it generates, is garbage, it's it, the fact that it's generated such buzz. It's like it just shows you how the Death Star and the original trilogy is still like S tier God status. And like the sequel trilogy is like not anywhere in people's minds. It's like they have the Death Star on roids. And no one remembers it, even though you had a POV of the people being evaporated by the blast. And no one—it was, it was—it was the Hosnian system. Yeah. Well, they wanted you to. JJ wanted you to think it was Coruscant because he's like, "You see, you prequel jerks, you're we're evaporating you." That's what he wanted you to, you to think. But uh, you know, no one remembers that. We're not doing the the behind the scenes story of Starkiller Base, which would be a bunch of nonsense. Well, that's gonna be well, that's okay, but that's gonna show up too at some point. Like, yeah, I don't. In fact, that, it's Ilum because uh, oh god, the Jedi Fallen Order still falling. Yeah, you're not it gonna get a, that's Ilum. You're not gonna get an after credit scene of Ilum. You know why? Because like Joe, popcorn munching person, knows what the Death Star is and doesn't know what Ilum is, and it doesn't. Don't, would you be surprised? Because I because. But would you be surprised in this Ahsoka series oh, that God, she doesn't I, she doesn't go to Ilum and that's and she's like what are they doing to this planet and it's like oh man wink wink nudge nudge maybe I I kind of feel like what you what was the what was the planet in uh, Mandalorian season two where Grogu goes to like meditate to like contact Luke that Tython? was like yeah so do you think that was even Tython until the I think they decided in post production that that was Tython. Well, in reality, <laughs> it's somewhere in Southern California. No, but I'm saying like I don't think that's Tython in the script. I think they're just like, what can we do? Can we just say that it's Tython? Like I don't think well, yeah. it was. You know what no, I mean? I, I don't. I don't believe that the shooting script that day is the exterior Tython. That's like, I, what I'm I, saying. I don't, I don't. Well, yeah, and I think that's what they do though. They don't. They they plug in these references where they can. I think the same applies for Andor. They they plug these things in when it's convenient. I'd be I'd be almost shocked to say that every night unless it's iconography they had to build a physical prop for in andor 
every piece of fan service was something that was done in post-production, either through just like the Y-Wing sitting there or ADR dialogue. I don't know. I see, like, I mean, it's just better at everything than the other Disney Plus Star Wars shows. But like, like I know a lot of uh, Star Wars fans in the UK and like they are having like, the time of their lives like photographing like every set from andor and like here i am in the exact place this was filmed and like it looks 80 percent the same like you can tell where they embellished it or put covered up a building or here or there but like tons of practical locations throughout the uk well, yeah, and, and, oh, yeah, of course like and that's great like that's what it should be but like the, it felt again aldani felt infinitely more real than oh god i'm trying to think of a good example from um yeah, like remember Mandal- one Okay. <laughs> there. Okay. Python. Like that's yeah. what I mean, though. Like it's like you can t- again. The even though I like the uh, the return of uh, Boba Fett in Mandalorian season two, it's a fun moment. But like it feels like a like a fan film. Aldani at least was like again. It, it it was larger in scope. It was shot better, and I think that's where a lot of this comes down to, is that these people that they're hiring either is. The, uh, the uh, super uh, special effects supervisors just don't know how to sit there shoot these things properly. But I think it's down to like the writer m- even more than like that's it, it's a it's a coincidence that they did both things right on Andor. But like you know you're not gonna have a kid figure out how to open a hangar bay door on in Andor. Like you're just, it's just not how it's gonna play out. It's two different like completely different worldviews writing this script with two different completely different audiences in mind. And I don't, I'm not the audience that they had in mind when they wrote Kenobi and I have no clue who is. But that's the thing though. I think Kenobi was just like, this can't fail. Let's put the least amount of effort we can into this. But it's, it's, It's impossible to fail. But like I hear guys saying, like, "Oh, you, Bo, Book of Boba Fett felt more like Star Wars than Andor to me." It's like, what do you even? Do you mean because you see more Mandalorian helmets in it? Like, I don't understand what you're talking about. But Book of Boba, but this is the thing, though, is that like Book of Boba Fett is pulpier, Andor isn't. Andor is, is oh god, just oh god, uh, sobering as Star Wars can possibly get. It it just it just is. And that's the thing. Star Wars is meant to be pulpy. Like, so like if, if you look at it tonally, I a hundred percent agree with that. I was never concerned for any of the characters in the book of Boba Fett. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. Cause they're cartoon characters. That's right. And I don't need but that's that. how Star Wars should be. No one, not, no, nobody. The original show is not Wars. as dumb as that. It's just it's not. not as dumb. I agree. It's not as dumb though, but like th- that's why the whole thing about like Harrison Ford wanting to die after empire strikes back never made sense to me. It doesn't make sense as to why you would kill him off in The Force Awakens. It's like, no, Han Solo will live forever because he's an imaginary character. First of all, he's not a writer and it was his idea. And at the time, he just wanted out of it. And he thought it'd be dramatic and interesting for him personally as an actor if the character died. That has nothing to do with anything. But but that's what I mean, though, is that like I think that's the reason why people like Lawrence Kasdan and George Lucas shut that down. Cause like, no, like Han Solo, you can't kill. It's like killing off Winnie the Pooh. Like you just can't do it. Like, why would you do this to a, to a fictional character unless the actor despises that fictional character for whatever reason? 
Well, it doesn't really matter now because they'll just reset canon whenever they run out of ideas and you'll have more Han Solo. They're not going to reset canon. What they're going to do is they're going to Tales of the Jedi Ahsoka, where they're just going to retell the exact same event and be like, the first thing didn't happen. But what about this copy of the book I have on my, sh- on my shelf? Didn't happen. But I'm reading it right now. I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, they're going to do that. It's going to be the same thing that happened with, with like the holiday Marge- special. <laughs> exactly they're gonna steamroll past it and that's what they're gonna do like i remember back in like 2013 when they announced the uh the the canon purge and and john campia is just like i don't know when but it's gonna happen they're gonna fall into the same trap it's impossible like they can try this as long as they can i hope they succeed but they will inevitably step into it again and they are it took them a decade but they did it i i can't wait for the the uh the apple sale so that with the apple canon verse <laughs> oh my god Remember when apple buys disney they're gonna reset the star wars canon tim again cook, tim cook sends out like a, a, a like an amber alert to everybody's iphone saying I, star wars continuity is reset I, again i am here for it <laughs> oh my god do you really want apple to own all this i don't but it i won't change the, much i don't but i wouldn't mind if the canon reset again Oh my god! I do you do you want this to be like DC and Marvel, where like every like ten years it just resets? I kind of do because I don't like how it's going right now. But like, what would what would be your benchmark? Like, what would be your your focal points? Like, it's still just like when every time this resets, it goes back to the original trilogy and just the the the, the films. Yeah, that's what. You, what else are you gonna do? So it would be episodes one through nine, and the spinoff. I don't know about I don't know about seven eight nine, but that's what I mean though. They're not going to disregard three films that made five oh god over four billion dollars. They're not going to disregard that. I kind of disagree because if you look at literally all of their Disney Plus shows, they borderline do not reference the sequel trilogy because they know it's toxic. They do. Like you're getting Babu freaking Mandalorian season three. That is do you have to go, not go, go. A, that is you know why you're getting that? Go because go they, get the Hallmark ornament again. Listen, and you get some you get some Neil Scanlan aliens in Andor, and that's the worst part of Andor, hands down. But like, but that's because they're lying around the shed, you know. Like they made nine <laughs> Babu fricks to to do the one scene for Rise of Skywalker. They got to use. They're sitting around. They got to use them before the rubber decays. Oh my god. I don't think so. Like again, even um oh my god, what was it? The uh the 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 end of what Oh, was I it? think so. Because the the yellow there's an orange rodian in in uh solo and you see the same orange rodian cuz they literally have one and you see him in like Mandalorian season 2 like right after the solo movie. Like it's like they didn't make a green rodian. Neil Scanlon has one Rodian mask and it's orange and it shows up like three times in different properties. It's crazy. I, I don't think they're disregarding the sequel trilogy. I, I think it's going they're not, to be, they're not contradicting it, but they're purposely not referencing it at all because it had its time. The same reason why that, uh, Oh God, the prequels even think about 2007 and eight. We didn't really talk about like, yes, you had the clone wars, but it didn't really the Clone Wars highlighted what was popular about the prequels, not the oh god, the dry stuff. Like, yes, you had your episodes with Padme in the Senate, but they were few and far in between the first couple seasons. Do you think Lucas was deeply responding to criticism of the prequels? I'm not sure I do. 
I, I think he did. Like, again, you look at Phantom Menace to Attack of the Clones, he clearly, again, the fact that there's no Jar Jar, you know, on top of the fact that he leaned so much into just action that that he knew, like I said, Lucas, oh God, it broke Lucas's heart what basically happened to him from like 90, 99 to like 2010. Like, again, Chris, I have to ask you, this, this is getting very philosophical. It has nothing to do with the, uh, well, maybe it does have to do stuff with Disney. But like, do you think it was Red Letter Media that was the straw that broke the camel's back with, with Lucas? Do you think he, he watched that and that just bro- that broke his heart? I think it was a bunch of stuff like, like I think the people versus George Lucas might have been even more impactful than Red Letter but that, Media. Okay, but that's the thing. This is all in the same time. Like this is all within the span of like a what a year. I mean, you know, he was watching it because on the Crystal Skull set, he was wearing a Han shot first of T-shirt. So you know, you know, he was watching it. But I don't like. But he's. I think he's directly commented on it in interviews too. Like, so it's not a secret what he that he was like sort of observing all that. But you know, do you have good moments since then where, like, when you see, like, um, like a sold out, uh, 20th anniversary episode one panel in Chicago, and Lucas had a little clip for it, like, because you know they told him like thousands of people are in a room celebrating episode one and like you know i mean like i i think he's lived long enough to realize that those movies are better than anything disney is doing right now well of course his 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 psyche self-defenses will tell him that whether he consciously believes it or not but no like but again like i remember when the people versus george lucas came out i'm i, I think i have a copy of that somewhere um and like at least the last five minutes of that documentary, even though there's a lot of straw man arguments throughout it, at least end with like all the subjects being like, I disagree with his decisions for the last 15 years. I still respect the man's artistic genius. It's- Whereas like Red Letter Media's thing all throughout it is you should have nothing but sheer contempt for this person. This person ruined everything you love in life. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's like the South Park episode about Crystal Skull. Like, <laughs> I can't even say anything more about it. But but but, you know, like the people versus George Lucas is genuinely embarrassing and juvenile if you watch it now. Like, it's just like those guys didn't have a clue what they were talking about. It's the same people who don't like Andor because it doesn't pair at the story beats of the original trilogy. It's like, it's not, it's, it's doesn't have to be the exact same thing over and over again into infinity. Like it doesn't have to rhyme every single time. Like the original trilogy still exists. And it's almost like a constantly active force in the pop culture landscape. Like it doesn't have to be remade. Like it exists and it's a viable thing. And it's just always going to exist. You don't have to remake it. I have to ask in your circles, do they like Andor or? It's, I swear, it's literally like a 50 50 split. They'll be like half the people are like, I watched one or two and stopped watching it. It blows my mind. I, again, I, I could see that. Like, it reminds me of, like, I think it depends on how much you love this thing. Like, as somebody who, like, back in, like, the early days of the Marvel Cinematic Universe was, like, on the hype train. And now, like, I watched two episodes of Moon Knight, and I'm like, life is too short for this. I feel that way before watching one. I agree. <laughs> but that's the thing, though. I think, it, I think again, it's another instance of just, there's, there's obviously the thing of brand saturation, 
Star Wars is not unique anymore. It's a problem that's been discussed to death the last decade of just it's a it's one horse in the stable of many. Um and and it's been relegated to a second rate medium, which which again, going back to again the Bob Iger versus Chapek, I don't know. I honestly I like it's gonna be again, obviously Bob Iger is not going to announce anything until like the absolute earliest, probably March of next year. So I, I don't know. I think there's going to be a lot of bad news. I can obviously the storm clouds are on the horizon. I, I think it's inevitable that the Halcyon Galactic Star Cruiser is closed. I think that that will definitely happen. Oh, next that's year. amazing. It's, it, it has to close. It's a money eater. Like I, or they're going to redress it to, for some other reason. But I, um, Or they could just like drop the price like two thirds since it's already built and see what that does. They have to make them recoup their cost. They can do that. Like, all yeah, but they're already that. not doing that though. But I think with the, I, I don't know. I, I think I could see them only doing it on weekends. It's not going to be a seven day a week thing. I could see it being like Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays only. I could see them doing that. But then, if that's the case, isn't the space more valuable as something else? But that's, but that's why I mean, though, until they figure out what to do with it. Like, it's in like, have you ever seen like videos of that entire building? It's like, not I'm since like, launch week lol no one's been there since no one's been there since then it's crazy oh my god it's like the the simpsons gag about euro disneyland it's like the one guy sit the front frenchman at the gate hello does anybody want to come in my children need a wine <laughs> it, it's again i think star wars is like, like everything else in the disney stable is gonna be in for some rough times next year because outside of Ahsoka and Mandalorian and Bad Batch, I, I, and I is is Acolyte supposed to debut next year? Or is that twenty twenty four? I honestly I don't know. I, I all I know about Acolyte is that it started filming like two weeks ago or something. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, yeah it's higher public stuff. Um, I don't know. I, I think Star Wars with Bob Iger in charge again. I I would imagine sometime next year they will announce a new movie. But I think it's going to be it, – it has to be locked and loaded. I would say if we – because, again, there's going to be no um, D23 next year. If we don't get a movie announcement or even a rumors of one by, like, the end of August, I don't think we're getting a movie until the absolute earliest, like, 2026 or 2027. I, I just don't – like, think about it. If you want to look about big announcements for Star Wars or big seismic events – it's it's Mandalorian season three, Ahsoka, and Jedi Fallen Order two still falling. Like those are your three big moments, and I think they're all happening. What in the first half of next year? There's nothing planned for the latter half of 2023, dude. Like I just I don't look at it that way, man. Like I, like like Iandor was good enough that like <laughs> was like that was but twelve yeah, that was twelve but, episodes. Like I. If that was the only thing we got since Disney bought Star Wars, like I would feel way better about it than I do right now. But are you okay? With that being said, are you are you going down the path of Force Ghost Jim of being like, I don't care, something's like I don't care, just give me something decent, and it's just it's literally I don't care if I get one crumb every twelve years, dude. Twelve episodes is more than you would have got in six years during the Lucas era. It's not. It's like but, I'm fine, and, but that's the thing though. Andor is not setting not setting anybody on fire. Like it's not. That's because that's their problem. Okay. No, like, it's <laughs> all. No, this is the this is the. No, it isn't. Inco- 
because this I've met my co- quota for six years, Zach. I'm fine. Know, but that's but do you really want Star Wars to go into hibernation for decades? Yes. Like, like it did. I want it to go into hibernation for like five years at least. Like I would <laughs> I would like nothing for five years. I'll still be a Star know. Wars fan in five years. I don't know, but that's not the same Hollywood that we live in. This is not the same world where Lucas from 1985 to 1999 can just sit on the IP and then it comes back with a huge burst. I know. Live in that world. I know that was a better time. It's a shame. (laughs) I don't know. I I don't, again, it goes back to what uh, I said during the box office stuff for uh, the postmortem for Rise of Skywalker. If if they did that, we might, we might actually, if they did that, we might actually get a decent one or two video games. That'd be crazy. (sighs) I don't like in the video games is another problem. The fact that the only Star Wars video game on the horizon that actually will be released being Jedi Fallen Order 2 is bonkers. No new updates on the Knights of the Old Republic redo. No new updates on, oh God, uh, what was it, Eclipse? Like like yeah. everything, like, there's literally no good news. Knights it's, of the Old Republic being canceled is like the best news since and are being good. <laughs> They didn't cancel it. It's just it's that is pur- that is it's in dead. purgatory. That it's is in dead. purgatory. Listen, if, a- but the the thing is, if it was anything other than a HD upscale, which we all know it wasn't, it would be an embarrassment and a like you don't like like the script of that game, the story of that game was so perfect that it's insulting that you would even redo the audio dialogue. Like you guys are nuts. If you think you'll add, like lightning, this is an empire strikes back level lightning strike. You're not going to do better. You really should have just upscaled it. It's preposterous that you thought you could improve it. As somebody who has no intentions of replaying that game on that generation of console, uh, respectfully disagree. Let's recast the same lead actress, but she's now it's 20 years later. Just that idea alone is like, could you guys like stop whatever drugs you're taking? I don't know, man. I would have bought a copy of it. Okay. Listen, you won't play the one that won every game of the year award possible, but you will buy the new one. Yes. Cause I want to play in the current uh, generation that we're in. You're part of the problems, Zach. <laughs> if they bring upscale of it, I would have bought that too. It's just, they, they do. It's on iPhone. and You can get the real oh, one on geez. iPhone. Jesus. Now who's the villain here? Um. Oh, God. So, Chris, where do you think any of this Star Wars is going? Like, is there, okay, in your very, very pessimistic opinion, is there any good news for 2023 for Star Wars? That Andor season two started filming before they canceled it. <laughs> They can't cancel. There's only one more season left to go. They could can't. Listen, I, I hear less. There's less media buzz about it than there was for the book of Boba Fett. Like so many people who just have no clue what life is. Don't like the show. It's crazy. I do. I, it's just like, <laughs> it's like the amount of apathy I see towards it. And it's like, we've just been getting such garbage for so long and you're going to be apathetic towards this. It's so mind bending to me it doesn't chewy steak because it just because it doesn't copy the story beats that like the the original trilogy like hero's journey is not star wars like it's 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 those three movies it's like you don't like i'm saying you don't need to remake them you want to experience that story you watch that story they're still good this is just something else that happens to be compelling and happens to treat its characters like real people unlike the obi-wan show I, I like my Star Wars with fun. I'm sorry if that's no longer a prerequisite going forward. 
I I don't know. I saw. I, I will saw say I did have fun. I did have a, a, some fun. Like I, I, we didn't really talk about obviously the last five episodes of uh, Calrissian and Endor, but I did like at the end. Again, spoiler alert? Question mark for uh, the finale. And we have Cyril like try to protect Dedra. And the whole time as I'm watching this, I'm just expecting to hear Whitney Houston's and I will always love. I, I, I just want that to start like be like a new How, drop out of nowhere. You, know, you know what I mean? Like, How do you not love it? I just don't understand. I just like it's it's got it all, man. I don't know. It's goofy. It's cra- it's it, it, okay, that no, the ending of Andor is goofy fun. But like it, but like before, but that's why I wanted though. Like I want to see a giant space hologram being like punch the Nazis, <laughs> do it, you wimps. Like, like that's the sort of that's the sort of goofy fun I wanted. I wanted someone having their ashes in a brick being like bashed across the head. Like that's what I want. And it took them twelve hours to get there. Okay, cut the three best episodes out of Andor. It's way better than than Obi Wan in the Book of Boba Fett. That's fun. I know. Again, I think it's just different shades of just doing things. Again, I think we both agree Kenobi is objectively bad. Book of Boba Fett is goofy fun. Andor is a chewy steak at the Rainforest Cafe that ends with a fun dessert. Listen, you, when when uh, when Stellan Skarsgård says that speech to the like gingered mustache dude, like there's not a scene that compelling in the entire sequel trilogy. Like I don't care like no one is trying that hard to act in the whole sequel trilogy but that's the thing like it's a damn shame i i i disagree um 110 percent. the stella okay i saw a lot of people on the internet and it must be the faction that chris like admires because they like that and like he's telling the the ginger guys like again to recap is like I have a wife and kids. I want out of the game, man. My son was just born. And Stellan Skarsgård's like, I've been in the fight since I was six years old. I mean, um, we already used that line of dialogue. Uh, I've been do. It's like I've seen this before, and it's been more concise. I'm like, I don't care about Luthen. He has a really cool spaceship. He is basically Darth Maul without the face paint. Like he's a great mystery character. He owns the best gift shop I've ever seen. Like, I hope at some point at Galaxy's Edge, they do his, I don't even know what it's called, his shop. I would love that. Even if it wasn't like an actual place where you can buy things, we can like walk through it. Appointment only. That'd be great. I'd be fine with that. Like a little, like, like I wish instead of Doc Ondors, it was Luthen's Den of Antiquities. That'd be a lot of fun. Um, Like, that's the thing. Like everything that people highlight as to why this show is good is the reason why people like the West Wing, it's dude? Like, oh, even like even Di- Diego Luna is like is like blowing me away in that show. Like even <laughs> even like honestly, I didn't expect to f- I didn't expect to give a crap about him. But I it's still like, don't. Even like even like even his reaction at the at the end of the twelfth episode when Luthen doesn't shoot him is like more effort than you and McDonald did in that entire show. I it's don't like, disagree with you. It's just, but it's insulting to the whole franchise. Kenobi is insulting. I don't disagree with you. I, I, I agree. Andor is better in every way, but at least Kenobi gave me something to at least, re- like I will at some point rewatch the stupid, and I, I cannot overemphasize this word, stupid, lightsaber fight between obi-wan and darth vader in the final episode but it gave me a really haunting visual of vader with the the scratch like the the 
sliced open helmet with the weird purple hue and he's and he's oh god demented like that that is adding a new layer to vader it's not a super deep layer but it's a provocative layer it's a layer i already got from uh, the force unleashed that i didn't need again oh god and yeah no disagree with that similar aesthetically but not on uh uh, oh god thematic and just the problems the problem i understand what you're saying the problems associated with kenobi having won that duel vastly outweigh any of that for me it's like the duel shouldn't have happened like and kenobi should have lost if it did happen no or he should have ran away it should not that duel. they should what should have happened was something something happened to them like I don't know. Something happens. Vader's mask is destroyed. Obi-Wan's able to limp away, not because Vader allowed him to, or because it's anything Vader did to him. Some extenuating circumstance caused it. And that's what it should have been. It should have been like Obi-Wan realizing and he had the moment, Oh God, my friend is still alive. Maybe I have a chance. Remember Chris, we did an entire episode trying to like quote unquote predict Kenobi. And then like, instead nothing, I were like, Oh, they won't do this. It's too easy. Like they're not going to take the low hanging fruit, and instead they walked right by it. Like the 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 oh god the uh, the cutscenes for the Revenge of the Sith video game have more character depth between those between Darth Vader and Obi Wan Kenobi than the six episodes. Which is of the TV which show is did. which which is why it's important. Even if Andor is like, oh, I'm not like. Listen, I was the, I was the guy saying who the only I I believe an exact quote from an from you know probably two years ago on this podcast for me was, oh, a Cassian Andor show. The only character that's less interesting than Cassian Andor is Poe Dameron. And, and, <laughs> was and that me or was that you? I, I don't, I, I've, I felt that way, whether it was me or you. And I, Great quote. I listen, like, I, it's, it's, but it's just like, it's the handling and it's the handling that I wanted from everything else. And if you don't point that out, no one's going to notice it because you that's, can't no, rely I, you can't rely on the on the general populace to observe these things. Obviously, I guess I've said it numerous times. Quality wise, I have nothing against Andor. I just don't care. It's just not what I want, and that's the thing. Like, and don't get me wrong. If I had to choose between Andor and Kenobi, I I don't I I want neither at that point. Right, but it's the but at least I can hold my nose for Kenobi. But it's the crime of this creative team at disney that andor was handled that way and kenobi was not like this is the same what universe do we live in where is where they were kenobi was not handled in this way what would it have been but also kenobi had like a promising writer attached and they fired him during the pandemic so like we don't know what led to that yeah well you know at least we can look forward to apple owning disney and lucasfilm Think of all the great Knights of the Old Republic games we'll have on iOS. <laughs> so many great iOS Knights and you know, of the and it will, games. and they'll pre-download to your phone without you even wanting them. Even better, just like a, just like a YouTube album, right? Oh my exactly. god! Oh my god! Star! Oh my god! That's the thing. Like, I'm trying to think, even Star Wars book wise. Like I still have to fit. I'm still trying to finish Dooku Jedi Lost. Um. Oh god! I'm trying to think. Like outside of like, oh god, like. When it comes to Star Wars publishing, unless you're like deep, deep into the High Republic, there's nothing interesting when it comes to publishing either right now. I'm working my way through Dawn of the Jedi. I'm basically the the last thing Dark Horse had going before the axe came down. Oh, my God, Chris. Oh, my God. I feel like, like on this podcast, you're like the Saw Guerrera of like Knights of Vader, like hosts. 
Everything had, Disney has made is cancer except Andor. <laughs> like you have your like a little black and white X-wing like in a bunker. <laughs> Who who's your two tubes, Chris? Who's your how two did you, tubes? How did you not like the Forrest Whitaker scenes? Oh my! You mean did nothing and they were great. Well, because Forrest Whitaker is like a goober. Like it's great. Like, yeah, like, but it's it, just it, more time... crazy Sagarera. Like that. I know. What, that's great. Okay, we we'll do episodes on obviously the final five episodes of Andor, but like I did appreciate. Like I was gonna sit there take a screenshot of one of the moments from uh them escaping the 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 raft and and post it like the weird little aliens that him and Melshi encounter and be like, man. I love it when Star Wars is actually fun. Like, like that was fun. Like, when, again, even the um, oh god, the Lucian, Lucian, uh, Lucian sitting there. Is it Lucian or Lucian? Now I don't know. Thanks, Luthan, Luthan. Um, like even watching Luthan escape the uh, Han, uh, Solo, a Star Wars story model ship, and like watching that, that was great. I'm like, this is what Star Wars should be. Star Wars is space fantasy with all the boring parts taken out. Not not watching a blonde Dude. SS officer interrogate a woman for like on the seven on hours. the point on the on that scene, I saw some like old man's being like, "Dude, what is this? Luthen's ship has constant lasers. That's not a Star Wars thing." And I was like, um, "Technically, the Republic gunships had very similar weapons." It was it was so satisfying to like point that out to them. But uh, yeah, yeah, you that's know. uh yeah, that was a thing for what the uh, Vander class had the uh. The mounted uh, gun underneath, right? Yeah, but like the bubble guns on the gunship were the same stuff, and the uh, the tanks, you know, the tanks that brought down the droid control ships also sort of had constant beams. Like, you know, it's not new, guys. Did you not watch Attack of the Clones? Jeez. Oh man, Chris, you know things are rough when you're referencing that as a uh, a point to defend Andor. Both Sanger two, would not be happy. Well, I mean, both two very high grade properties. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. <laughs> Attention, all viewers. The following live broadcast is recommended by the Imperial Council in the belief that your commitment to remain upstanding citizens will be reinforced. It is required viewing for all members of the Imperial Forces. I just wanted to interrupt here and point out that this discussion was recorded a couple weeks ago, as I'm sure you've noticed. It's almost Christmas time, and I thought this episode needed a little bit of holiday cheer before we put it out. And what better way to do that than checking in with an old podcast host who's returned from the netherworld of the Force, Force ghost of Christmas past, Jim. And unlike when Qui-Gon finally came back, this is actually going to be awesome. What's up, Jim? Hey, everybody. How are you doing, Chris? I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. I got my eggnog here. I got Christmas lights up. How's everything going in the Force ghost household this time of year? You know what? It's kind of crazy, but it's good. Getting ready for the holidays just like everybody else. Yeah, cool, man. And uh, living the dream. Awesome. So it's you know it's been a, it's been a while since we checked in with Jim. So I, I just to to uh, you know affirm that I'm right about most things. What's your what's your take on Andor so far, Jim? What did you think of that season one of Andor? You know what? I thought Andor started out slow, and I stuck with it. And then it got good. It was more character driven than anything else. Okay, but you did make it to the end, right? Oh yeah, I, th- okay. I, I I I was bought all in. After I got past episode three, it got easier to stomach. I didn't okay. look at the I didn't I didn't look around for something else to do while the show was on. Whoa! All right, so you're a little closer to to Zach's Zach's end of the spectrum there. Yeah, you know, I, I, it's like uh, that's interesting. I know I, I'm glad that uh, you made it through the whole thing. What really blows my mind is the the people who 
turned it off and stopped watching after two episodes, but they managed to get through Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan seemed, it seemed forced. It seemed a square peg in the round hole. Yeah. Uh, I, I felt there were things that weren't needed in that at all. And then there was other things. I'm like, more of that. Uh, but yeah, I Andor got really good after the three. I bought into the characters and uh, it was it was uh, it had a good feel to it. I enjoyed it. Once I got past in past the three episodes, it was a little bit of a slog. Interesting. I didn't expect to like it either, but uh, they um, I was I was delighted to be uh, proven wrong. I totally understand that some people think it takes a little while to get going, but I think the way they handle the subject matter on that show is pretty unique as far as the Disney shows have been. And it just seems like they're taking it more seriously. And I could do with them doing a little more of that. It was more adult. It wasn't like trying to generate something that absolutely everybody could possibly like, no matter who you were, you know, they had certain things they wanted to do with it. And, you know, I enjoyed the characters. I enjoyed the themes and I'm real interested in seeing, because you know, we got complex characters. We got a lot going on. Like with Mon Mothma, there's a lot going on with her. She's playing all sorts of games and games are being played on her. A lot of players in that mess. And, uh, you know, I like, I like Luthan. He's the anti-hero if there ever was one. Right. We also got a release date for the premiere of Mandalorian season three. So I'm guess I'm guessing that's a little more up your alley. I think that's March. You know what? I liked Mando. I, I, I did like Mando. It's fun. Watch, you know, I was, I had bigger hopes for, uh, Boba Fett. I really did. But you know what? It's kind of like Star Trek, the motion picture. Not a very good movie, but they needed something to reintroduce the characters to. And now the characters are reintroduced. They can go do anything with them. You know, but I, I'm looking forward to Mando 3. That will be good. And, and the nice thing is that one has crossed over into other people liking Star Wars besides just Star Wars fans. Yeah. My, well, girlfriend, my girlfriend Alice actually likes Mando. She's not right. a Star Wars person at all, but she likes Mando. Yeah, there's something accessible about it. Um, so if you if you remember the Knights of Vader uh, Facebook group, you probably know that Jim is uh, he's not only a 501st guy, but uh, lately he's also a, a droid builder. Actually, it's probably been, how long have you been working on that R2 unit, Jim? Uh, let's see. I started in 18, got pissed at it, put it up for a year. And uh, the only reason I'm back building it again is Alice, my girlfriend, walked by and goes, what's that? I go, that's an R2. And she goes, well, what is it? And I told her, and she goes, why aren't you doing it? And I said, okay, I'll start doing it again. But yeah, I started in 2019. Adam Savage says the average R2 build is six years to 20 years. He says that's a good average window. I'm glad you brought up that uh, that Adam Savage quote. I think I saw that episode attested. And uh, yeah, he, like, you know, as long as you're... As long as you're under 15 years by completion, you're you're uh you're, you're not at the end of the spectrum there. That's that's cool. The best way to describe building this R2 is it, it's a puzzle, but you have to build the puzzle pieces, but no one gave you a map how to build the puzzle pieces. But at the end of it, all the puzzle pieces have to fit together and you have to have a, a completed puzzle that tells a story. And that's the best way to describe it because I'm in what's really let's say I'm in it well golly almost three plus years now mine's a wooden frame aluminum skins i've 3d printed a lot of the body greebly stuff the legs are wood that don't get everything to go together and work it's generally one step forward two steps back and i'm not the brightest guy in the world so i have to compartmentalize this thing 
like one day I'll only work on legs and one day I'll only work on the body. But it's uh, it's come along, made a new friend named Trevor. He's addressed and helped me work through fitting the foot drives in the foot shells. You wouldn't think that would be a big deal, but we've had the 3D print the foot shells at 105%. And then we've been trying to shoehorn the drive motors in this art in this R2. And I'm gonna I'm building an R2 KT version. And uh so basically we're in the stretch of it right now to where R2 is I saw, I think I posted in the group that has it standing on its own foot shells. And uh the next thing is to put the drives in the foot shells and then lucky here in Kansas City, I have a R2 builder group here, and a gentleman named Kevin is going to wire all the electronics for me. That's awesome, dude. And you know, Jim's being very modest. Like, I remember one of the one of the last times I was talking to him, I was like, I'm, I was very skeptical about like certain things that you could do with 3D printing. Like, I thought the dome would never look right 3D printed. Jim's posting pictures of it up in there looking perfect since then like i i'm just blown away by the stuff you can do these days it, it's and when we says r2 kt it's pretty much an r2 but the panels are pink instead of blue right 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 she uh kt if you go guys everybody can research r2 kt's history origin story and it's a great story it goes back to the 501st founder's daughter and uh if anybody wants to research i'll let it go at that but yeah my panels are pink and uh, there's only 19 official R2 KTs in the world. Uh, I'm hoping to have 20, 21, or 22. I'm uh, hoping to be in that. And they're, uh, they're called ambassador droids, and they get hospital access and special things like that. And that's really why I'm building it, so people can enjoy it. A lot of R2 builders build their R2s, and they just throw them over in the corner of their room. I am not that person. My R2 is going to go out and experience and make people smile, just like with the 501st. That's awesome. I was uh, locally in Toronto. I was looking to hire an R2 for a for a party, and it was not easy. I've, I I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the uh, what that what the going. I have no idea what the going rate in the states where there's probably ten times more of them is. But I like I was here in like like. 800 bucks for like four hours and like some insurance costs to move. I'm sure it's a pain to move it, but these guys. Oh, have like- it, it, I'm going to have to put a hitch on my Subaru. Then I'm going to have to buy one of the wheelchair scooter lifts. They go in the hitch and kind of crane it into the back of the vehicle, then have a holding pin in the back. And I'm not there yet, but I'm yeah. getting, but it, they're up. Uh, You're starting to think about not- it. Mine's not light. Mine's probably 150 pounds. And mine's just a hybrid. You know, these ones that are all metal are, you know, they're they're $25,000 and a beast. Right. It makes sense. It's starting to make sense to me why um why I was priced out of, of having one come to this party. But oh, yeah, if I was local, you could we'd have our two KT and you could do whatever you wanted. Yeah, man. Well, you know, I, I it's interesting because like there might be like a Canada droid builders group, but they don't seem to have like a big social media presence and no. an insular group, I guess. And they, you well, know, they're they very the, most R2 builders build their droid for themselves. And I thought to myself, like Adam Savage said, this is a happiness machine. Why aren't you getting I, I don't understand these people that don't want to get it out and let people smile and enjoy their work and what it's really for. I, I'm looking forward to getting mine out. Luckily, there's a couple joy builders in our area that are very visible. So I'll be joining those guys out in, at the events. But 
Yeah, it's 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 crazy. It be it, it was a big to do last was it two weekends ago when we put it on its foot shells. It actually gave me chills because I didn't ever think I'd get that far because this thing's such a complicated monster. But you know what? If I can do it, anybody can do it. Yeah, that's beautiful, man. And and Jim's been sharing those pictures in the Facebook group, but I'm sure we can uh, bump one of those threads when this episode comes out. Um, sure. I just yeah, I just wanted to check in with you and add a little bit more of a contemporary yeah. contemporary clip to this episode because you know we we we've been slacking a little bit on editing, so it's 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 getting a few weeks old. So I just wanted to st- to check in and see how things were going. And I was just wondering, you know, um, it's it's that time of year where a lot of us have a. Uh, powerful memories associated with christmas and star wars and i know yes. you're you're an original trilogy experiencer yeah. and you yeah. know i was i was not so lucky but I, you know i remember seeing the special editions in theaters before episode yeah, one yeah, came yeah. out at least so i'm just wondering for me it's stuff like getting a power of the force to add at on christmas morning with its big hideous green box but i don't know what what are some of your early christmas star wars related memories jim well let's see here i Really remember Empire Strikes Back. I got the Hoth Planet playset and the Tauntaun. Nice. And uh, I got the uh, Darth Vader's Super Star Destroyer, which is really a misnomer because it was nothing more than a big piece of plastic. But those, <laughs> I've heard, I've heard to it referred to as a a gravy boat. Yeah, that's what it. I mean, it, it's it's. But you know what? At the time I had it, it was great. But those, I really remember that i don't remember a new hope stuff too much i remember getting the 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 little figures i remember those real well and the cards but i really empire strikes back i got it for christmas i got hoth and i got the star destroyer and i I was happy as a pig in mud that's awesome man and you know and and just to emphasize how ridiculous in a different way i am i have both of those in the box behind me somewhere you know it's yeah. a, i don't know it's it's weird man like i only started collecting that that older stuff like 4 years ago and like just even in that time i don't, i couldn't put the collection together again it they even though there's a little bit of a market dip on the like super high end stuff right now oh, like it's, it's still, nuts. like i my family was poor when 77 came out, so I didn't get the Death Star. Alice just bought me for that for Father's Day last year. Oh, like the big uh, four-level Death Star playset, yep. right? Yep. Yeah. I, it came in here. It's, it's been played with, but it's it's even came in its box. Yeah, those are awesome. I just actually had one of those. I picked up a collection and was uh, cleaning yeah. cleaning one of those up. I actually never had one until about a month ago and I moved it on because it didn't, it didn't have the box, but that thing is beautiful when it's all set up properly. Yeah, and I'm... And, and she's been on me to set it up, and I and I, I just enjoy having the box, looking at the box. But I will, uh, I'll set it up at some point. But yeah, there. And then the most recent Star Wars, two things. I uh, after I got my hips done, we had a snowstorm come in, and uh, Alice helped me put my uh, death trooper on, and I took some pictures out in the snow in my death trooper. That was cool. And then uh, my daughter bought me the 4K uh, Star Wars. 4k blu-ray packet last year and i've enjoyed that this year that's well oh nice the the big one with all the all yep. nine movies yep all and they're they look really good and, and the nice and the neat thing is you can see their flaws too and that that's that's interesting too but you know what it's the 4k versions are really neat you'll see things you've never seen before and i've seen i've seen them a zillion times right and, well uh, that, that's the thing people don't think about it but like if you're watching the original trilogy in 4k yeah you haven't been able if you're watching it in 4k for the first time you haven't been able to see it that good 
since mm-hmm. the special editions were in no. theaters. No, I had a, I have a 150 inch screen in my basement and I thought I was doing good with the Blu-rays. No way. 4K is that much better. You could see Harrison Ford's makeup smudging off on his TK on the desk. There you go. You can see the, you can see the green uh, t-shirt guy in the, in the Millennium Falcon doorway in perfect resolution. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) But yeah, that, that was, that was the other one. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Awesome, man. Well, we're going to um, cut back to our regularly scheduled uh, outro here, but uh, I really uh, appreciate you taking the time to spend a few minutes yeah. uh, chatting, Jim, and uh, I wish uh, you and your family a very Merry Christmas. You too. Happy holidays to everybody, and thanks, Chris, for visiting. I've enjoyed this tremendously. All right, Chris. Any? Uh, do you have any final words, predictions for Bob Che? I, I, what, what do you think the first – okay. What do you think the next Star Wars announcement's going to be? Not hey, not like trailer for like Ahsoka. I mean, like actual like this is the next thing that's coming. Like that untitled, hasn't already been announced. Untitled movie. Oh god! Like we should really do a really fun episode on like the Star Wars Purgatory. Like like we should legit do a Star Wars Purgatory and be like and just go like down like chronological order how many projects that just like have have been announced but not officially canceled. It's, it's into the double digits for sure. Oh, well into the double yeah. digits at this point. Like off the top of my head, you have. Are we counting the Ryan Johnson trilogy as one film or three? I mean, it was they, announced as a trilogy. It was it was their mistake to announce it as a trilogy. That's three. Okay, so we're counting as three. So that's three alone. We have what the uh, the, the Benioff and Wise. That was not, wasn't that a trilogy, or is that just gonna be one film? And I mean, do you count Solo and Rogue One? We <laughs> <laughs> started okay, started twice. Do we count the original original iterations of those? Um, oh my god! Yeah, fair enough. Um, oh my god but yeah like i said there's, there's some fantastic there's a patty there's rogue one or no rogue squadron the greatest announcement of all time for a star wars property by the way that title won't confuse the filthy casuals at all oh please nobody remembers the nintendo 64 game no i just meant because of Ro- rogue one. Oh well that too they, what do you think they weren't trying to cash in on that uh cachet which is a more iconic announcement? The uh, Jake Lloyd, Darth Vader, like shadow from the Phantom Menace teaser poster or Patty Jenkins getting out of the trunk of a Tesla? Lucas was right. The world was supposed to end in 2012. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. All right. How do you top that? So concludes this episode of A Knights of Vader, a Star Wars podcast. Check out the Facebook group. Type in Knights of Vader in the Facebook and you will find Chris and I there waiting for you. Chris with a delicious Rainforest Cafe steak that he will defend as to why it's so dry and chewy. Find us on Instagram where Chris will post pictures telling you how the dry, chewy steak is delicious. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, subscribe to us on iTunes. Also, please rate us on Spotify. Every five-star review helps. Thank you to N Inspiriority Complex for providing our theme song. Check out the show notes to hear more from them. For questions, comments, concerns, or snide remarks, you can contact me, Zach, in the Facebook group, on Twitter, at Cinemodis. Fingers crossed with Elon Musk promising, question mark, amnesty for all banned accounts that I might get the original, my original account back. So I have, I don't have to piggyback off the uh, Cinemodis one that I've been using for the last four years. So I'm excited about that. Um, Chris, when you are not debating the merits of Calrissian Endor, what are you up to? 
Oh, well, I mean, you if you really want to engage with me in a comedic fashion, like Zach said, you should probably join the Knights of Vader Facebook group. But uh, you can also find me at the Chris Porteous on Instagram, and you can follow at KOV Podcast on Instagram as well. Yeah, I should say too that like, thanks to Chris, we have a new logo. I don't think we've officially talked about the new logo. I'm kind of weird to do that at the end of the discussion. But yeah, new logo, uh, new logo, who this? First new logo got since like July 2018, except for the occasional holiday ones I'll uh, put up for Thanksgiving, Christmas, um, 4th of July, the, the the important holidays. So, but yeah, thank you to Chris for that. It's nice to have a new logo and one that that Chris did 99.9% outside of hearing my uh, criticisms of it for like three months. It was a process. Indeed, it was so much, so much process just uh, telling Chris after every single iteration, I want it more zoomed out. What do you mean? I want it further zoomed out like this. No, no, no. Zoomed out and just it going back and forth in Facebook Messenger for, for weeks at a time. Is this good enough? No, Chris, it needs to be more zoomed out. And he's like, I can't do it anymore without losing the point of the image. It was, uh, it was the equivalent of what Rob was doing the, the intro. I kept telling him, make it more fun. <laughs> Like really the most abstract guidance one could possibly give to a creative individual. The the point is that eventually we got there, even though some messages were probably one month apart, but here we indeed, are. Indeed. Alrighty, folks. Good night, but not goodbye. And as always, may the force be with you. Oh.